Hello, and welcome to Your Daily Homily, a ministry of St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Pasadena, California. For more information on today's readings and homilist, please view the show notes below. And now, Your Daily Homily. be with you and with your spirit a reading from the holy gospel according to luke glory to you o lord jesus addressed this parable to those who were convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else two people went up to the temple area to pray One was a Pharisee, and the other was a tax collector. The Pharisee took up his position and spoke this prayer to himself. O God, I thank you that I am not like the rest of humanity, greedy, dishonest, adulterous, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I pay tithes on my whole income. But the tax collector stood off at a distance, and would not even raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast and prayed, O God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, the latter went home justified, not the former. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When St. John Chrysostom preached on this passage, he proposed the image of a chariot race. So you have two chariots, and each of the chariots is attached to two horses. And the chariot representing the, the Pharisee is yoked to two horses of justice and arrogance. And then the other chariot is yoked to a horse, which is sin and humility, representing the tax collector. And so if we look at these two chariots, we could ask ourselves, well, which is going to win? You know, which of the two men was more pleasing to God? The Pharisee, who was you know, an example of justice, somebody that everybody in a society looked up to, but at the same time very arrogant. Or, on the other hand, the tax collector, who was despised by everybody because he was collaborating with the Romans, but who was also humble. And St. John tells us, you will see that the chariot pulled by the team, which includes sin, outstrips the team, which includes justice. Sin does not win the race because of its own power, but because of the strength of his yokemate, humility. The losing team is not beaten because justice is weak, but because of the weight and mass of arrogance. So that helps us begin to introduce us into this parable that Jesus tells today. The tax collector and the Pharisee show us two very opposed attitudes regarding prayer and worship. The tax collector is humble, needful of God, and hungry for connection. 
The Pharisee, on the other hand, is proud, self-sufficient, and self-centered. And we can ask ourselves about our own worship. Is it a search for God or a sacrifice at the altar of our own ego? Now, today in church, we are all here because we are seeking something from God. You know, sometimes we see people who go to church and they already know everything. They already know their own perfection, but what they're really doing is heaping hypocrisy among, upon themselves. On the other hand, those who go to church seeking conversion gain fruits of repentance and humility. We practice humility in our worship when we recognize ourselves as people who are receiving a gift instead of insisting on our own inventions and fanciful ideas. Bishop Barron, speaking about the liturgy, says that there are three essential features of the Eucharistic liturgy, namely the priest, the rite, and the people. When these three elements are in proper balance, well then rightly ordered liturgy ensues. But then we can also look at the three typical distortions of the liturgy, which come as well from a lack of balance among these three elements. Clericalism happens when there's too much focus on the priest. Ritualism, when there is a fussy, hyper-focus on the right. And congregationalism, when there is a disproportionate emphasis on the people. So if we are going to have right worship, if, we're, if our worship is going to be pleasing to God, we need to have the right balance of the three elements. And today I would like to speak about the role of the priest in helping us worship God correctly. The priest is above all an administrator of heavenly things, someone to whom the power of heaven has been entrusted. But it's not his the priest who forgets this and begins to think of the church as his own is destined to fall into pride and into ruining many souls he is called to bring to God. That is why it's important for the priest to play his role well. Even the vestments, you know, the special clothes that the priest wears at Mass, are a reminder of who he is for the congregation. Underneath the chasuble, the priest wears the stole, and the stole is the sign of his priestly authority given to him through the rite of ordination. And then the chasuble, which we all see, which is worn on the outside, is a symbol of the service he is called to offer. And there's even a certain significance to the fact that the chasuble is worn over the stole because service is more important even than authority. Now for the priest, the priest can also experience this pull, this pull between a tax collector mode and a Pharisee mode of prayer. He's studied for many years and he's engaged in ministry and worship and has studied liturgy to the point that he can feel himself to be more expert, more aware than those around him. But in the end, he is a servant of Jesus Christ, just like the rest of them are. We become like the Pharisee when we judge others merely on the exterior. It is amazing how we can lift, list off a series of sins, being very harsh in judgment, but we seem to always judge, judge in a harsher light the sins of others. 
and then the sins that we often fall into, well, it doesn't seem quite as important. The priest, when he does enter into that tax collector mode, well, he's aware of his own weaknesses. You know, the priest is called to call forth God, to bring us to God. And his words at consecration will bring Jesus Christ truly present onto the altar. And no man can be worthy of doing this. It is through the merits of the passion of Christ that he is able to speak the words of consecration. Now, one moment of the Mass, which I feel always has a special spiritual value, is the moment of the offertory, when we bring forth the gifts, where the priest offers the gifts of bread and wine to be turned into the Eucharistic sacrifice. And we can unite our own spiritual struggles, our own difficulties, whatever we've put into the previous week, we can lay all of that on the patent. Because you know, you think about it in the Old Testament, when you look at the sacrifices that were offered at the temple, what, would, what people would bring, what they themselves had prepare, prepared, maybe a sheep from their flock, maybe a bull, maybe the first fruits of the harvest, but they would give something of themselves. And so we give as well our own work, our own selves at the offertory, so that with the bread and the wine, it can become the body and blood soul and divinity of Christ that we receive at communion. The climax of the Mass comes for the priest at the moment of consecration and elevating the host for the people to see. And this is a moment where he shows them that the Savior has come to be with them, to be received by them. Looking at today's Gospel, we see that both the tax collector and the Pharisee made it to church, but one went home justified and the other did not. And the difference lay in the attitude of their hearts during prayer. The one who simply tries to justify himself, who comes to church just to kind of uh, become canonized, well, he goes home exactly the same. Whereas we, when we come trying to learn something, trying to experience our Lord, trying to give ourselves to him, it is then that we receive the gift of transformation of our hearts. The more attention and effort we put into living the liturgy, the more we get out of it. The sacraments are always efficacious. You know, when, when we receive baptism, you know, it's the words and the, the matter of the water that make sure that the sacrament is there. At Mass, it's the words and the bread and the wine that make sure that the sacrament is there. But the subjective benefit that we receive, the actual grace that we receive, can be increased by our disposition at Mass. There's a Christian pop song from the group Casting Crowns, which is called If We Are the Body. And it talks about, you know, the church, you know, in, this, in the context of the song, probably a Protestant church. But it says, if we are the body of Christ, if we are his hands, his feet, his mouth, then is that the way that we're living outside of church. And I think that we who have the gift of the Eucharist, who have the gift of the, the seven sacraments, even much more, we should take our worship out into the world. Today that we're celebrating World Mission Sunday, this is precisely what the missionaries do. Their experience of Christ is what they share the people whom they are missioning. And who of us can deny 
that our society, our, our world is very much mission territory. What we receive at Sunday Mass is something that we're supposed to give to others all throughout the week. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, speaking of the Mass, says the Mass is at the same time and inseparably the sacrificial memorial in which the sacrifice of the cross is perpetuated and the sacred banquet of communion with our Lord's body and blood. So at every Mass, we commemorate the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. We become truly present, sacramentally, at his sacrifice on Golgotha. But at the same time, we're called to the banquet of the Lord, remembering Holy Thursday, the Last Supper, where Christ gave himself to his apostles in the Eucharist. Well, that same Christ who offered the bread and the wine at the Last Supper, that same Christ who offered himself up in immolation on the cross, that same Christ comes to be with us through the Eucharist. So may our participation in this banquet bring us to share in the sacrifice and offer up pleasing worship of the Lord. May the worship we offer at Sunday Mass truly transform us, make us into true Christians, and help us to be apostles in the world. That, that missionary spirit that we're celebrating today on world, world Mission Sunday may penetrate our hearts and make us as well missionaries in our homes to our families, at work or at school to those who are around us, and at large to this world, which is so needy of the light of Christ. Let us be like the humble tax collector who comes before the Lord, recognizes his own sins, but who asks for forgiveness, and by that forgiveness is transformed into a true follower of Christ, a true missionary of the gospel. Thank you for joining us at Your Daily Homily. For information on St. Philip the Apostle Parish, or to support this ministry, please click on the links provided. Until our next time together, be safe and God bless.